Welcome to MC Podcast Episode 21. Today uh, we were in New York talking with Scott Harris and Kevin Kuhn. We were talking about the non-GMO meetings that we've been holding. We've been talking about the Master's Choice stance on that. We're glad that you joined us. We also uh, ended up the uh, conversation today talking about the uh, total solar eclipse that's going to be happening in southern Illinois. So we hope that you join today's uh, podcast. Welcome to MC Podcast, episode 21. Let you know that uh, this is MC Podcast on the road. Myself and Scott and uh, Kevin Kuhn, we are on the road in New York this week. I uh, have been in Ohio, and so our good friend Aaron Wright from Marketing is recording podcasts on the road as we all get kind of busy. So uh, just to kind of, if you've never listened to us, this is Mark Kirk. I'm the Nutrition Research Manager for Master's Choice. Scott's with us. Yep, I'm Scott Harris. I am the National Sales Manager. And then we got Kevin Kuhn. Yes, uh, Kevin Kuhn. I am uh, CEO and Director of Research and Development. Good deal. So, hey, so we're we're here in New York this week. We have um, we have been doing some non-GMO conferences, and uh, so Scott, just kind of kind of give us a little uh, update on on kind of why we decided to do these conferences, what the what the content is, kind of you know, as national sales manager, kind of what you're expecting out of these things. So, yeah, we had actually come up with this idea back in the, I think it was actually spring maybe, um, at a sales marketing meeting we were doing, and uh, we were talking about how there's just such a disconnect between non-GMO and GMO and just uh, a lot of, I don't know what word to really use, but... Misinformation? Misinformation. And so we just want to kind of try to bridge that gap as much as possible. And, uh, you know, we get, at Master's Choice, we get asked a lot of questions from both sides constantly and so if we could you know put on a kind of a series of meetings and and events to try to try to just bridge that gap and bring in good information forward okay, was our so, goal so so kevin you're, you're here at the table with us and and so a ceo of master's choice you know what what is our official stance on on non-gmo so the official stance for us you know we just want to be the genetic provider uh, for livestock farms in the u.s um, regardless of whether those farms are organic, non-GMO, or even uh, farms that are using GMO traits. You know, our, our lineup is full of hybrids that are offered in, you know, in all different options. And, you know, probably 70% of the corn we sell right now uh, is made up of either conventional seed with, uh, with no genetically modified traits or organics. You know, so, so that's really uh, where we're strongest uh, as a company. Um, you know, we just we just want to provide the genetics, regardless of what kind of operations out there. So, so Scott, for for you, for you, does it as as a national sales guy, you know, um, dealing with distributors, uh, other other direct type salespeople, does it would it would it be better if we had a stance, or is it better for us to stay neutral like this? Yeah, I think it's definitely better for us to stay neutral. I mean, you can, if someone wants to be devil's advocate, they can say that we're, you know, trying to play both sides or something like that. But that's not the purpose at all because the end goal is what Kevin talked about is we want to provide the best product that we can for whatever farm situation we're in. So I, I completely agree with what Kevin is saying there. And I think that the genetics is what's important to us. 
and the quality that we're bringing forward. And if someone wants to utilize that in an organic system, we want to be able to meet that need, right? And if somebody wants to use it in a non-GMO system or a traded system, we want to be able to meet that need. And so um, it's not our, we don't look at our job as trying to tell somebody how they should run their farm okay. per se. So, so, you know, I'll, I'll play devil advocate for yep. a minute. Okay. So how, how do you deal with that person who, who is, um, very, you know, ideologically aligned with one side or the other, you know, I mean, cause you said, you know, we, we could be seen as, as playing the fence here. So how, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that guy? And this could be a question for either one of you. How do you deal with that guy who, who's ideologically aligned with organic? Okay. And we say, well, we're going to provide you organic stuff. How, how, how do you, how do you do that? And then you have the guy who's ideologically aligned with with the what I would call conventional farming, you know, re, you know, traded, you know, he he's that guy, and he's like, look, I I've got to have these. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with these. I mean, how how do, how do we how do we bridge that gap, and how do we do with that being in that neutral state? You know, for us, um, you know, and and like Scott talked about. The, the primary reason for, for hosting these conferences is just to create a neutral format where we can just present facts. And, you know, and, and we, want, we want the farms to understand what opportunities are out there. And ultimately, the consumer is going to drive the marketplace. Right. At, at the end of the day, regardless of what the farm wants to do, the consumer is going to drive that marketplace. But, it, but is that fair? I mean, is, is that fair for... Um is that fair to the farmer? Is it is it fair to the farmer if he says, "Look, this is this is the way I want to farm. This is how I have. This is I, I like this style of farming. This is what I'm used to." Is it fair for the consumer to dictate that to him? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say that it it is fair, but it, but it's it's the way it works. Uh, ultimately, the consumer is going to going to decide what's going to happen in the marketplace now. I, in no in no way do I think that because of what's happening right now with organic and non-GMO trends, in no way do I think that traits are going to go away. Um, I th- I think there there is opportunity for all types of farms out there, um, you know, and and some guys are going to be able to capitalize on uh, in their farm uh, on a non-GMO premium. Some guys are going to be able to capitalize on capitalize on an organic premium, and it's not going to fit some farms, you know. So so at the end of the day, for the farm, it's all about a business decision. Um, you know, so so you really have to you have to focus on what you do well, um, and and pick a system that's going to make you profitable. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we we live in a free market system, whether we like it or not. Yep. And um, you know, and and the consumer dictates everything. And um, you know, I think sometimes we 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 forget that. You know, the farmer gets mad at the guy buying milk, but the guy's only got these standards of the milk that he's buying because. Because you know his um, his outlet you know is is wanting something, and then and they're only they're you know Walmart's only wanting something because that's what the consumer's going to buy, and and so you know at the end of the day whether we like it or not, this is this is the business that we're in. Well, and it, you know it's a good question, Mark. Is it fair? And I would have to kind of agree with Kevin. It's probably not fair necessarily, but also. Gosh, I, don't, I hate to take a little bit of the other side of it, but is it fair to just tell a consumer, hey, trust me, I got it. What's under control, don't worry about it. You you don't worry about it. You, you do you, and we're going to take care of it. Is that really fair to the consumer either? I, you know, it's, a great, it's a great point. And what I think we're seeing here uh, with, with the trends in non-GMO and organic and uh, in, in some of this market shift, you know, as, 
as time has progressed, um, our our culture has has really has really shifted, and very few people in the overall population are involved in involved in agriculture and food production. So, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't understand the ag process. They don't understand where their food comes from, and right now they are grasping for information they want transparency they want to know they want to know where is my food coming from is my food safe because they don't understand the process but do do they even even with information even with transparency do you think that we do you think that they that they trust that do you think the consumer trusts that unfortunately i think they're getting less and less trusting um, I think it's, and I don't know if you want to blame that on the fact that they used to see the farm down the road and know that, that you know, to them, little farmer John, he's providing corn that I, I use, even though it probably wasn't the case. Um, but now there's so many more larger farms and now it's, they've been kind of, de- you know, they've been demonized in, uh, in the media in a whole lot of ways and all they hear is the negative stories and how the animals are mistreated and how all these it's, negative things it's are kinda, happening. It's kind of how we started uh, the podcast. There's a lot of misinformation out there. And and ultimately, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of consumers make their decisions based on emotion yeah. rather than fact. And that's, yeah. that's the difficult part for the ag community is, you know, the ag community has tried to tried to remedy this by let's let's throw facts at them um, and while that's important and we can't stop doing that we have to we, as an industry we have to keep educating the consumer and be as transparent as possible um, but ultimately there are a lot of consumers that won't be swayed by facts that are going right. to make their decisions based on emotion right no I, and, I, and I would agree with that so kind of kind of leaving that for a second and, and I and I think that that's you know I think that's a, a great place to leave that Scott, tell us tell us what exactly is going on in these in these meetings this week. Right. So, the goal this week was to kind of give a snapshot, kind of beginning to end, uh, for people as far as what the process looked like to go non-GMO and and what that what that meant for the farm. And so we have you know we've got people from within our own company. We also brought people from from outside sources in um, to talk about about different topics. And so we're looking at everything from. You know, yeah, I was gonna say what what are what are those yeah, topics? So we're looking at everything from you know is there a feed difference? You know, um, we couldn't get good help, so Mark came in and he's gonna talk about you know what is there feed differences? And one of the best, and <laughs> we one of the best. So we got and then we got Mark. So um, you know what is the what is the challenges? You know, is there any? You know, uh, what's it gonna do to the animal? Does it gonna are my cows gonna all of a sudden be so much happier because they don't have GMOs? You know, these type of you know just that kind of you know saying that jokingly obviously, but that kind of type of of information. And then you know Kevin actually is gonna spend some time and spend some time talking about production challenges. You know, okay, if you want this non-GMO, if you want this consumer, are you do you understand what that's gonna mean for the farms? And does the, do the farms understand what this means for them? And so we begin to look at that, and then. Probably the biggest one, and I think that has been, uh, I, get, I get the most questions about, is just management. So we had an individual come in uh, who was an expert in this area and talk about crop management from a non-GMO side. You know, hey, you might have to go back to doing it like you were doing it 30 years ago, um, but here's some of the things, and here's the reasons why, and here's the challenges, and here's the benefits uh, to that. And then, of course, verification process, the the kind of the one that's been probably the most confusing thing, I would say, from for all people, for seed industry people, for individuals. And I guarantee most consumers have no idea what that process is even like. And so, 
right? It's it's a brand new marketplace, you know. So so the standards and the the rules and regulations are are being established kind of as we go. Um, so you know, uh, through each year, uh, as as the non-GMO project verified has progressed, there have been tweaks and changes. Um, and and ultimately, what what non-GMO project verified is trying to do is they're trying to create something to standardize the industry because there there has been nothing to standardize what is non-GMO and what are non-GMO products when they get to the consumer. Um, you know, and and there, there are a lot of struggles uh, within the industry and within the farms that are integrating this, um, but but it's 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 progress. You know, we're, we got to start somewhere, um, you know, and so so that's that's kind of where we're at right now. So so. I, I, you know, as as we as we think through this, how, how do you think the meetings have gone over so far? So we've just had one so far. Um, we'd like would definitely like to have had a little bit bigger turnout, but you just never know when it comes to these things. You know how it's gonna how it's gonna look and what it's gonna do. Um, but as far as the level of questions, I was extremely happy with and with the mix of people. Um, you know, we had a good mix of people that are not necessarily digging this non-GMO transition and then people who are absolutely loving every, every part of it. And so um, there was good conversation. It was healthy conversation, um, some great questions. Um, so really from that standpoint, I, you know, I was, I was happy with it. Good, good. So, so where, where are these? Where, where, are, where are we doing these meetings? Right. So our first one uh, was yesterday, and that was over in Ohio, and it was St. Mary's, um, Ohio. And it was at a little, little catering thing there. Um, and then tomorrow we'll actually be in Cortland, New York. And really looking forward to that. We've got, you know, a good amount signed up, so we're hoping for some really good turnout. And then next week, Mark and I, um, we'll be going out to Idaho. Uh, we'll be in Burley, Idaho for it. Now, Scott, you mentioned Cortland, New York. Um, now, uh, there was a good amount of seeds sold into New York last year for this same type of project, correct? Correct. So there's there's some co-ops that around here that have begun to start to really request non-GMO. So how much did we switch last year, Kevin? We had a whole lot of sales in, what, March that we were that we were switching over the people had ordered traded corn that were then switching it to a non-gmo option right and and you know it was a combination of farms transitioning from traded products to non-gmo um, and then we have a lot of growers in this area that have been growing conventional corn or corn without traits uh, for many years but the the project verified process is brand new for them and so uh, and it's brand new for us as master's choice and we were uh, we were working closely with them to get them seed that had PCR tests that would meet the the standards that they needed. Um, but yeah, you know there were there were quite a few units that transitioned last year, and fortunately we had a a wet late spring, and most of the growers would throw rocks at me if they heard me say that. But it it gave us a little extra time to to figure out the the verification system and to get. Uh, uh, specific lots tested and delivered to customers on time. Okay, so so you used a phrase there that I just want to make sure that we define out for everybody. You said a PCR test. What 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 is a PCR test? So basically, uh, all that a PCR test is it, it's a it's a test uh, that we run on the seed. Uh, we don't run it in house, but we send it to uh, to specific labs, uh, and they are testing for the presence of DNA. And they are they're looking for when we we send seed corn in, they're looking for all of the all of the uh, traits that are out there on the marketplace, whether it be an insect trait, uh, a herbicide trait, anything uh, will will be detected on that test if it is present. Are, are they looking for the DNA or are they looking for the protein? 
it, it, you know, I think I think the test actually is detecting the protein, but okay. it's an indicator that that there's been a, the, a genetic change there. Yeah, the genetic change there. Okay, uh, yeah, because I, I I was I was unclear on that, and so, um, so you know, what what kind of what kind of pushback have you guys heard? Um, you know, you you were talking about all of these guys that were transfer um, uh, transitioning and whatever. You know, what what are what are the have we heard positive feedback, negative feedback? What kind of what kind of feedback are we hearing from producers out there? Well, I think one of the biggest things that I hear from your your more tech heavy producers, traditional producers right now is why in the world are you doing this? Why are you letting a consumer who doesn't understand uh, what it takes to grow corn or what it takes to grow soybeans or what it takes to feed dairy cows dictate to us how we're going to make our living and do they understand the challenges that come with it? That's one of the biggest pushbacks I get, especially when there's just so much not just misinformation, but no information out there about what effect is there really going to occur with GMOs. You know, in a lot of ways, we see no end effect in an animal as of right now. You know, we don't know for sure if that's going to continue to be the case long term. We have no idea, right? So the biggest thing is, why are you letting uh, this push us when when what we have is working, and why do we want to take a step back um, scientifically? Yeah, why do we want to go back to? Yeah. 30 years this ago. This is how my grandpa did it, you know, yeah. and he was getting, you know, in his mind, he didn't yield like I yield now. Look, I, look what would I be able to accomplish now. Why would you want me to take a step backwards? So I think, uh, you know, and, and Scott, to build on what, what you're talking about there, the fear of going backwards with technology, um, that that is a prime example of misinformation in the industry. So as a result of marketing within the, uh, within the ag industry, um, the the average grower out there believes that um, that the traits are what are driving yield, and that is that is absolutely not the case. Right. Um, the only thing that traits do is protect yield. So if I take, uh, for example, if I flip open a master's choice hybrid guide, the yield being genetic potential of the plant. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if, if I flip open a master's choice hybrid guide, and let's let's take MC fifty three seventy for example, I look in there and and I can get that as a conventional or non GMO, and I can get that as an easy refuge option with above ground, below ground protection. So, okay. So fully traded. Fully traded. Traded to the hilt. Correct. Okay. So. Um, both of those products, whether it's the non-GMO or the fully traded, have the same genetic potential for yield and quality. Yes. There, there is no difference in yield and quality potential of those two products. Now, what can affect that is um, is management and environment. Okay, so so you know my management system and my genetic selection ultimately are going to going to drive the yield and quality on my farm. Now. If I'm in a if I'm in a location and I have heavy rootworm pressure, that heavily traded can help reduce some of my yield loss and some of my quality loss, because uh, it is killing some of those rootworms that are feeding on on the plants. Okay, so you know and 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 I in fact I talked to uh, talked to a grower this week and specifically he said you know he said we just can't go backwards with uh, with plant health, and a lot of guys don't understand that traits the the traits that are on the marketplace right now don't have anything to do with plant health that is genetics so you know a, a lot of growers go out and buy traded seed because they think they are getting protection from everything uh, and they don't they don't understand that there are very specific insect pests that those those insect traits are uh, designed for um, and then they have the tool there for the with the herbicide trait that gives them a little more flexibility with uh, with weed control good 
So, so have we heard? Have we, you know, we talk about the the negative side. Have we heard any feedback from the positive side, where where there's a grower who says, "Wow, this this wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be," or "Wow, I really like this." You know, have, have we heard any of that feedback? Yeah, I would say that um, you know, well, there's two. There's, I'd say there's two types of feedback. One is, man, I really love my premium check that I'm getting for my non-GMO milk. Right. Right. I mean, let's just flat out say it's financial. Um, it's not an emotional thing. It's not a I really care about this thing. It's a money thing. And that's okay. You know, that's just, the, you know, what that is. And so, but then the other side, we are getting a lot of... Uh, so what you're saying, that's a business decision rather than an ideological decision. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And so um, I would say that there's also the other extreme, the people, of, you know, with the ideology that say it's about time is what they're saying, you know, and uh, we're hearing a lot of those, you know, good job, guys. And, you know, really, you know, we get patted on the back a lot when it's, you know, it's not what we're out there trying to do. Um, but it's, uh, we hear we hear a lot of that. I would say the biggest part of people, though, it's a combination. You know, they, they, they say, you know what, I didn't believe it. I didn't think it would really matter. But by gosh, I'm, I'm able to yield just as much or better or um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a health difference. There's all kinds of things going on that I didn't expect. Um, and they're very positive about it. So one of the things that that I've that I have observed that's been very interesting, you know, we've got a lot of Master's Choice customers that have grown nothing but non-GMO corn for many years, and you know, so so now they're watching some of these big farms try to transition, and you know, they're you know they're looking at them like, come on guys, what's the problem? What, what's the big <laughs> deal here? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and we're yeah. and, and I'm not talking about little you know little Amish farms. You know, we're talking large scale farms that are yeah. growing, have been growing nothing yeah. but non several hundred acres, several hundred acres of of non GMO crops for their dairies, and and they're licking their lips right now. At all right, now the marketplace is turning around, and I'm going to have an opportunity to capitalize on that because they already understand how to grow the crops. They just have to figure out the verification system and get on board with premiums. Yeah, get on board and and find somebody who's gonna who's gonna um, you know pay pay the premium, find some place for the for the milk or meat or what whatever it would be. And, and like Kevin hinted to earlier, these guys are also experiencing some headache too, because now they have to verify all of this stuff, right? So before it was just I'm doing non-GMO and that's what I do, and I got a guy down the road that you know a mill down the road that pays me twenty cents. Well, if they want to go more, they want to get something extra. Now there's a verification process that they're having to completely learn because they didn't necessarily know. So about now it. the non-GMO guy feels a little bit of the organic growers pain that, uh, you know, working with a certifier, keeping track of seed tags and, and sources, Absolutely. you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of following a little bit in the footsteps of the organic system. So, so that, that kind of brings up a question to me that I've heard a lot of people say is that, well, this, this non-GMO thing is just a, a push to get farmers to go to organic. Do you agree or disagree? No, I would say not. I can't say I've, I haven't even really heard that that much, so I can't speak too much to it. But I would say no. I don't. I don't think there's a there's a push for that at all. I, if it's if, if anything, I think there's a. I think there's more of a concern for the organic guys that their product could get watered down in this process. Uh, that you know, if the consumer really starts driving toward non-GMO and maybe there's a, not really a cost change. So so I'm I'm gonna disagree with you here for for a second. Okay. Because if 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 the consumer is is driving this, 
Okay. And, and, it, and let's just say that most of those consumers are driving it off of an ideological principle. All right. And they say they, they have this ideolo- ideology that non-GMO is healthier, is better and all that. And then all of a sudden, here we go with with because in a, in a non-GMO setting, we can still pray, spray herbicide. We can still spray insecticide. We can still spray fungicide. And all of a sudden, these 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 people who are ideologically um, emotionally connected to this issue say, wait a minute here. We haven't gone far enough. I'm not sure that there's not a large segment of the population who's not going to do that. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that there's not a large, large segment of the of the um, uh, of the consumers out there who aren't going to say, Man, maybe we ought to push this a little further. And I could see that being a fear for the farmers. I'm not so sure that we're not going to see that. You know, Mark, I I think right now where we're at, I don't think the consumer understands the difference between non-GMO and organic. Uh, and and I think I think there's a lot of misinformation on the customer level at that point, um, you know. So from the standpoint of just like you're saying, they don't understand that if I'm going to the store and I'm buying something on the shelf that says non-GMO, it's got the verified butterfly and everything on it. They don't understand that. Well, that field probably was burned down with glyphosate before it had corn planted in it. Uh, then we used conventional herbicides throughout the growing season. We put insecticide down. We put fungicide down. You know they they don't understand that and likewise they don't understand that if i go to the shelf and i pick up something that's certified organic i don't understand that there were no restrictions on on gmo contamination in the seed that went into that either so you know so the consumers don't really have the information and don't understand the the differences in the systems I, and i would agree and so do you i mean is this a case of the 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 tail wagging the dog or 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 is this or or is this is this just the way things happen economically? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's more of a. I mean, we live in a information world, you know, and overload it, over, information, information over, overload. I mean, so now, uh, you know, we always refer to it this way. Now, soccer mom, or you know, even my mom, at you know, seventy something years old, whatever she sees on Facebook, she believes no matter what. And so we have this all this information coming at us. Yeah, is that why you keep posting all that cool stuff about how great you are? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on. But uh, it's all you know. All this information is out there, and it's just uh, so now the consumer is asking more questions. Where before I think there was just a trust level that if it came down and was put down in front of me, I believed it was okay for me. And now there's a question, and and the lack of. I will say an unwillingness from a lot of people to to just dismiss them is causing a lot more of this. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive way off in the deep end here. Okay, well, we are in a hotel. I guess there is a pool <laughs> there somewhere. There is a pool somewhere. About to right, find I'm the gonna, bottom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump way off in the deep end here. Don't we have federal regulations for food safety? I mean, I mean, don't we don't we have that? We have FDA, EPA. We have all of these these things. The Department of Agriculture is is this a is is this is this a, a we don't we don't trust them anymore. We don't trust the farmer. We don't trust you know. So so where where are we going to get to with these consumers who don't trust anybody anymore? I mean, where we where do, I mean, where do you guys think we're headed? You know, I, I think that's that's where your uh, your integrators, whether it be your milk buyers or whether it be the guys who put the products on the shelf, um, are trying to create a system that is more transparent, so that they can they can show the consumer that, okay, that that yogurt that you bought on the shelf, that seed originated over here with this company, 
was planted on this farm, fed this cow to produce milk to went into my plant to go to your shelf. So they're they're creating they're creating that uh, that transparency. To so try to can, build the trust. To back. try to build the trust, and you know, some of what we're seeing now it, it's a it's a product of an internet generation. Um, you know, and you know, even even in our lifetimes, we don't know what it's like not to be able to pick up a smartphone and Google something if we need an answer. Yeah, you or know, just ask me because I have all the answers. We prefer the right answers. That, that <laughs> might be a little bit of a stretch, but you know, we're we're used to having that information at our fingertips. And if if I if I am an uneducated consumer and I Google something about my food products, I'm going to get all kinds of oh, stuff yeah. out there. I'm going to get stuff that's accurate, Crazy stuff that's stuff. not. You know, and and so so that that's some of what we're seeing is just a, a product of a of a generation that's used to having answers right there in front of them, and there's a whole lot of confusion, and they don't they don't trust it, they don't believe it because everything's conflicting in front of them. Uh, and uh, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, I, I think I do. So so Scott, I I you know at this point I, I think I want to applaud you know the, your sales team and the marketing team and saying look we're we're going to come out as 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 neutral. You know, and 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 give some of this information, and, and you know, we're gonna do it. We're gonna start off with these three locations, and and we're just gonna say, hey, good, the bad, the ugly of all of this. You know, we are we are not, we we are not anti or pro any of this, other than anti or pro selling seed. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, we're pro. Let we're me pro. make that yeah. clear. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're pro we're doing pro, that. We're, we're pro. We're pro yeah. selling seed. It, we it was not designed to be a master's choice commercial, and that's not what it's been. And um, I think I think people would appreciate that if, the, if they come. Ultimately, yeah. we want to be a resource to the farm. Absolutely, we we want to provide the genetics that are going to make that farm successful. Scott wants to train his dealer network to be the the very best at placing those products, helping those dealers to to walk those fields, manage, help them manage that crop. You know that that's our ultimate goal is 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 to be a resource on the farm. Good. No, I I see that. So you know. Um, as as we as we sit here in 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 Cortland, New York, and and we 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 think about right um, where uh, where where we are, where the industry is going, I, I think that um, I think that as we as we look at this, don't we? You know, I mean, I know that you're saying we don't want to. This isn't a, a sales commercial, but at the same time, being that resource means you know I'm going to help you out I'm going to put the best product on your farm I believe we have the best product I mean so so there is part of that but but coming in and, and being transparent right and, and do you think it's going over that way so far ask me next week yeah, <laughs> I mean to be honest I, I mean I don't know I guess I've been a little bit surprised with some of the um, feedback we've gotten like on Facebook posts about the events and some of the negative comments with uh, with people not even really having a clue what it's about um, and com negative comments on both sides. Yeah. Um, and and not that there's thousands of them, but just you know enough that it makes you think, man, you know, you're not even giving this a chance to to come together and try to learn. Um, that that that's tough. But we're going to continue to drive forward. We're going to continue to do it, and um, you know. And hope that we are we that we can be that resource, like Kevin talked about, and like you're talking about, to whatever type of operation someone has. Yeah. So I want to I want to switch gears here in a minute. I'm just going to just totally switch gears uh, on this because because uh, we're sitting here and um, and um, and next week next week in Southern Illinois, it's supposed to be craziness, 
All right. So um, we have we have the total eclipse coming in. I mean, Carbondale, which is 20 minutes north of the of the Anna office, is supposed to be like ground zero. Uh, NASA's got things set up there. I mean, we're supposed to have total darkness for two and a half minutes. I mean, so the question is, if that's happening next week, does any of this even ha- matter this week? I mean, is it the end? I mean, is that where we're at? I mean, is that- I was trying to figure out where he was going to exactly go with that. I really wasn't sure. If the, you know, depending on how tomorrow goes, I'm going to maybe hope so. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe if it doesn't go real well, we might just bring that on. I'm not sure. Uh, but they are expecting just craziness, right? They are expecting craziness, like uh, a few hundred thousand uh, people visiting our region, not not a region that's set up to handle that many people at all. Uh, I don't think there's a hotel room uh, south of uh, of I sixty four that is that is vacant at this point. No, and in fact, last I heard, it was it was I seventy. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean there. I mean you had to go all the way up to I seventy to uh, to be able to find a. a there was hotel a room. really good article in the, our local paper, the Southern Illinoisan. I think it was last week or two weeks ago, talking about some of the effects that can happen because of all the influx of people. Yeah. And basically said you can forget probably using your cell phone for during the at least during the kind of window right around the eclipse that the cell phone towers are going to crash. Um, they're talking about how they're worried about the effect on the roads as far as not just traffic, but literally physically on the roads with that many cars. And they're saying if you're in Anna and you want to go to Carbondale, you better prepare for about four hours what would normally take what 25 20, minutes 20 25 minutes well unless i'm driving it's about 15 i don't think it's yeah <laughs> well not to maybe not next week maybe not next week definitely yeah so so we're we're kind of it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how how this all how this all plays out you know even even all the local schools have canceled because of uh a fear of if if there were an emergency that emergency vehicles might not be able to get up and down yep. the roads to to take care of things uh you know so so um schools are out however you guys have to come to work the office is not closed so Yet. so not so <laughs> what what you're saying is that that we should prepare for an apoc eclipse is that what you're saying oh my here? gosh that was maybe the worst joke I Mark, I hope you're prepared regardless of what happens okay, okay. Uh, you know okay. so so we'll just leave it at that um but uh yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to work. Um, I think we're we're actually because we don't really know what to expect as far as traffic. I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna cook lunch at the office and uh, probably step outside for a little bit during the eclipse. Kind of you know it, this is a, a pretty unique experience that uh, has never happened in in my lifetime as far as a full solar eclipse. So it's be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's full solar. Where I mean, it'll be complete darkness for a little over two minutes, but. But I, I think it was you and I talking in the truck today. I mean, this is kind of an event that's going to, I mean, it's going to kind of start before lunch. And I, I think it's in the middle of the afternoon we get the total darkness. But by the time it, it starts to shade the sun and the, the time it passes all the way through, it's, it's, it's several hours. Am, am I correct there? It is. I want to say it's around a three-hour total Yeah, it's event. a three or four hours. Yeah, something, something, like that. something yeah. in that ballpark. But the actual total eclipse is, what, two and a half two minutes a half or something minutes. like that, right? Yep. So. That's right. So, guys, hey, we appreciate you uh, listening in and joining us uh, today as we have uh, discussed here the, the non-GMO conferences that Master's Choice has headed up. Appreciate Scott and, and Kevin joining me here in, uh, in the, the hotel lobby. And so I uh, uh, hope you all enjoyed this. Thanks for joining us today.